0: of easter Uh, for our friends who are worshiping or listening online uh, just a reminder you can always go to our website chapelofthecross.org and there you will find under the resources tab the bulletin so you can follow along with the service today and also there's the give tab there where you can give your offering or tithes to the lord and his ministry Uh, as many of you are aware this sunday is a very special day for our church and especially six young Christians and their families as they are confirmed and as they make confession of their faith a little bit later in the service today. Uh, in the past, the confirmants have had opportunity to share their faith as they read their life verse papers, which are really a testimony of their faith and, and why that particular verse is important to them and their faith. Usually that's been done in just in front of the class and a few family members and some staff members. But we are blessed today that we will hear those confirmants share their testimonies during the service today. Uh, we'll also enjoy a cake and punch reception after the, uh, after the service in their honor. So we invite you to come for that in the, in the lobby there. And we certainly wish God's rich blessings on all of our confirmants today. Just a few other announcements before we begin worship this morning. Day 3 seeds, Mike and Gene Miller from, uh, will be here at chapel next weekend with plants for Mother's Day weekend. Uh, hanging baskets and... Geraniums and other garden plants like that will be available as well as some homegrown vegetables from the Day 3 Seeds Gardens. All sale proceeds are dedicated to the refugee seed relief efforts of Day 3 Seeds and Seed for Souls East Africa, especially at work in Uganda. Uh, ours are Saturday from 10 to three here at church and then Sunday from 10 to one. Uh, a reminder that this upcoming Wednesday, May 4th, at 6.30 p.m., we will start a new discovery class Uh, Discovery class is essentially an adult confirmation class that will meet for about 10 weeks. I will be leading that class. It's especially for those who want to become members of Chapel of the Cross. But it's also for those who would like to just have a little refresher course. A little, If it's been a long time since you were up here getting confirmed, maybe it's time to come to Discovery class and, and kind of get a refresher. So uh, we go through what we as a church believe and teach and confess. And it's a really, really wonderful time together. So I uh, invite you to come. Anybody can come to that that's starting this Wednesday, May 4th at 6.30 p.m. And on next, Sunday, May 8th, so next Sunday, we will welcome Dr. Leo Sanchez, professor of Systematic Theology, at Concordia Seminary as our special Bible class leader. He'll be here May 8th, but he'll go all the way through May 29th. So those four Sundays he will be here speaking on life in the spirit. And you'll want to make sure that you're here for those special Bible classes. We'll meet here in the sanctuary between the worship services starting next Sunday, May 8th. And for members of chapel, put on your on your calendar a special congregational voters meeting, May 15th at 1215, so after the late service. The purpose of that meeting is to prove, approve some updates to our bylaws of the congregation. Uh, you can read all about that in your chapel weekly, so all members of chapel are invited and encouraged to attend That's Sunday the 15th at 1215. And finally, uh, congratulations to our field workers as they have received their call or their place for vicarage. Alex Goodwin has been called as associate pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Fairmont, Minnesota. Uh, Jen McClellan will serve his vicarage at St. Paul Lutheran Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And Adam Rouse will serve his vicarage at Hanover Lutheran Church in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. So we we wish God's blessings to those men and their families. Please keep them in in your prayers as they look forward over the next month or two to serve in new and exciting ways the Lord and his kingdom. Our elder for this weekend is Jerry Bowen. Jerry, can you stand up, please, so we can see where you are? He's back in the back. He's going to greet you as you leave today. Uh, get to know Jerry He's one of your elders here at chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn with high delight. Let us unite as that's printed in your bulletin on page 2. We stand to sing. Call, O Lord my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, silent. I will be like those who have gone down to the pit. In repentant faith, we come before our Lord in confession. Almighty God, we confess to you that we are sinful by nature. We have sinned by our selfish thoughts, our hurtful words, and our unloving actions. We have often failed to be your witnesses. We have at times been reluctant to do your will. We have been blind to your presence. For the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray, forgive us. Amen. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard your cry for mercy. Almighty God has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah! Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. To receive power, and wealth, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise. Living Lord, you invite to your feast your disciples of all time. Assure us that our redemption is complete, and give us the will to show forth in our lives what we profess with our lips. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
1: first readings of is from acts 9 meanwhile saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the lord's disciples he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way whether men or women he might take them as prisoners to jerusalem as he neared damascus on his journey suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't, this, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Revelations. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They circled the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, in a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the man who is slain, to receive power and wealth, and wisdom
2: and strength, and honor and glory and
1: grace. Then I heard every creature in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that is in them singing, to the and to the land, and honor, and glory and power, forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to
0: God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ.
3: the ritual culmination of a process of learning and growing in the knowledge of God's promises. The ancient church called it catechesis, and we still do today. So you'll see that word later, the catechumens. That's what you are, catechumens. And today, we get to the ritual culmination of the catechetical process. So I want to do something a little different in the sermon today. I'm going to give you a little history about confirmation as a practice, and then we're going to invite our students forward, and they're going to share their um, personal testimonies of faith, and then I'll take a little time to tie it together at the end. While each student will share a life verse, I'm going to exercise my dad privilege by stealing Joel's and to use it as the framework for the sermon today. From the prophet Joel, the prophet writes, I will pour out my spirit on all people. God pours out his spirit on his people. After Jesus' resurrection, he breathed the spirit onto his disciples. On the day of Pentecost, our ascended Lord poured out his Holy Spirit again on the apostles. And the apostles preached of salvation by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And those who heard it believed and were baptized. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on those again in faith. And as the church grew, baptism continued to be the means by which God delivered the goods, forgiveness, life, and salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, a faith worked by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our triune God claiming people as his own, initiating them into his kingdom of faithfulness and righteousness. God does the work. Faith comes through the word, heard and enacted. Those early Christians believed and were baptized. Baptism, belief, faith, the Spirit, and salvation, they all go together. It's true for the early Christians, and it's true for you as well. I still remember one of our first confirmation classes that I was teaching this group. And I said to Zeke, where did it all start? And Zeke, what did you say? Starts with a promise. And where would you get that promise? Baptism. baptism, that's right. Starts with a promise. A promise was true for the early Christians delivered to them in baptism. It's true for all of us, and it's true for each of you. In your baptism, you were made to be the people of God. Faith worked in you by the power of the Holy Spirit through the promises of the word. That's a cool thing about baptism right? The Spirit works faith. When you and I and every other little baby was baptized, we were given faith. The baby has faith. Did you know that? The baby has faith. The helpless, little, innocent baby can't do anything for itself. That baby as saving faith. It's given the same faith that you and I have today. It shows us that it's all God. It's all God's work for us and in us. Confirmation, then, developed over time as an early Christian practice. And over time, it became the practice that the baptisms were actually done in another building in some places, Um, That's why we have uh, ancient buildings, ancient Christian buildings, called baptistries. So the baptisms would be done in the baptistry, and then after they finished the baptism, they would dress the newly baptized in white robes, and they would process them into the church, just like we did, and then the bishop, the leader of the church, would confirm the baptism for the congregation. He would confirm for the congregation that the baptism had been done. That makes sense, right? So the baptism's done in the baptistry. They clothe them in white robes. They process them in. The congregation wasn't there. And so the bishop, the presider, confirms for the congregation that the baptism was done. Note who's doing the work there, right? What's, what's the verb? The verb is confirm. So who's doing the confirming? When early Christian practice, it was the church doing the confirming. It was the gathered assembly, it was all of you, that confirm the baptism. The bishop, the pastor, acts as the church's representative or agent in this regard, leading a ritual that confirms the promises of baptism. So confirmation is the church's work. And confirmation is tied to baptism as God's work. Now, over time, the church grew and spread out, thanks be to God, and the bishop's role changed a little bit. And there were additional local pastors who would serve local congregations. So as it worked out, these local leaders would baptize, but the bishop wasn't always there to be able to conduct the confirmation right away. So over time and over distance, it got to be that baptism and confirmation became separated a little bit because they would baptize and then they'd have to wait to be able to confirm those that were baptized until the bishop came. That could take weeks or months or eventually even years. That's how we inherit the practice that we have today of separating baptism from confirmation. It's something that happened in Christian history over a period of many years, kind of for practical reasons. And there's much more to the story, and that I'll have to wait for another day. I love telling the story, though, so feel free to come ask me about it. It's very fascinating uh, how confirmation developed as a ritual for the church. But for our purposes today, we gather here together as the church to confirm the faith of those who have been baptized. Baptism is God's work. Confirmation is the church's work by the power of the Spirit. Our students will soon share their stories of faith and the ways that God has worked in their life. But when it comes to the confirming, when it comes to faith, we were initiated into faith in our baptism. And we are confirmed in our faith through the witness of the church. Baptism is God's work, and confirmation is the church's work by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a joy to be able to do that again here today. This is the way that God is working through His church. This is the way that God continues, as we heard in the prophet Joel, to pour out His Spirit on all people. So let's take some time now to hear from our students as they they share about God's work in their life. We invite you guys to come forward.
4: Hello, my name is David Briley. I was baptized in September 16th, 2007 at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church. My godparents are Donald Dasher and Kathleen Dasher. My testimony is the verse in Daniel reminds me of my own life I have, I like seeing the passage that shows that God always triumphs. God always protects me. He has sent people into my life that help protect my body and my faith my dad and my mom, my church family, and my friends. I am living in a world that doesn't have the same faith or belief. I know that God is always with me and that I can talk about my problems with other, others that are Christian. My life verse reminds me that whatever dangers I come to, my fam- my God, will help me through. God helps me through my schoolwork, through my family who help me find alternate ways. To show that what I know. My family is an example of God's mercy and grace. I plan to teach others about God's grace and mercy through my own life. I am going to be there for my friends, but no matter what they are dealing with, because I know God is with me in everything. Whether someone greets, sorry, whenever someone greets me and asks, how are you, I always answer, blessed by the Lord. I do that to let other people know that we are all blessed by the Lord. Not on a good day either, but every day God has plan, has a plan that will make it all come out all right. In the end in the future this verse may help remind remember that God will get me through everything. God may come to us through people around us, helping us remember that we are never really alone.
5: My name is Camilla Cleveland. I was baptized at 11 months old on October 5, 2008 at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran in St. Louis, Missouri. The life verse I picked for my confirmation is Ephesians 2.8, which states, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. Sometimes we doubt what the Bible says is true. But after going to church and understanding it better, it helps us to learn and grow more in the faith. By the grace and mercy of God, he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so we can live eternally with him in heaven. When Paul talks about how we are separated from Jesus, it makes me realize how much I sin a day and how much guidance I need in my life. Sometimes the people around you don't help when you really need it. When talking to God, he always answers prayer. I really like to pray because I know that God is listening to me when I tell him about all of my troubles. Not only does he listen, he also knows what's best for me before I do. God has given me many great things in my life, like an amazing family, awesome friends, and an amazing church family. I really couldn't ask for anything else because I already have everything I could ask for and more. God has provided me with four amazing siblings that help me the best I can possibly be and two parents who love my siblings and I very much. I also know that all things and more are not by my works. It is the gift of God. I can't picture my life without Jesus, but I'm sure it wouldn't be the life I would want to live. As this milestone is fast approaching, graduation is also approaching, and so is high school. I pray that God leads me, guides me, and protects me through all of these special events that happen in my life.
6: Good morning. I'm Gabrielle Johnson, Reagan Gabrielle Johnson. Philippians 3.14 says this, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This verse means a lot to me. In the past, I've struggled with my faith and questioned if God was even there or could hear my prayers. I reached out, I prayed some more, and... I read my Bible hoping for a sign or a blessing that could tell me God was still listening. As I went on, things were still a bit hard for me. Peers weren't being so friendly, I wasn't reading my Bible as often as I should, and I didn't know as often as I should. I didn't know what to do, and it felt as if I was talking to a wall whenever I prayed. I remembered what my rev said about restoring, restoring faith, and I started to search for God's voice again. I started looking up verses for loneliness and restoring faith, and I found Philippians 3.14. I'll repeat the verse again. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When I read this verse for the first time, it reminded me that even though I fall, I can get up and walk with God again. If I didn't feel that connection with Jesus, I probably probably may not have noticed that I was drifting away from God in the first place. I'm still learning the ways of a Christian life, but I know with the willpower I have, I can press toward that goal to win the prize God has for me in heaven. Thank you. Good
7: morning. My life verse is First John 3.1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. I chose this verse because it reminds me of God's great love for me. It also reminds me that even though I am a sinner, God still loves me and calls me his child. When I think of this verse, it makes me so happy, because I know I have an amazing Father in heaven loving and caring for me all the time. I'd like to tell you about a little bit of the background of this verse. The book of First John. The book of First John was written by John the Apostle. He was the son of Zebedee and the brother of James the Apostle. John was called by Jesus to be one of the 12 disciples. John was also the longest living disciple. John wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Revelation. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John were letters to the Christian churches in the area of Asia Minor. They were in between 85 and 95 AD. John wrote these letters to encourage the Christians to keep the faith and to live in love for one another. The the beginning of my confirmation verse says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. What makes God's love so great? God gives us his love unconditionally. There is nothing we can do to earn God's love. God always loves us. Even though we sin against God every day, he will always forgive us and love us the same. Our love isn't always unconditional. We sometimes say, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you or I'll do this for you if you give me something in return. I'm so thankful that God's love is unconditional because I sin every day and there's nothing I can do to earn God's love and forgiveness. I love that the NIV version of the Bible uses the word lavish to describe how God gives us his love. The word lavish means to give something generously or extravagantly. This really describes well how God loves us. God gives his love to everyone in great amounts. The Father loves us so extravagantly that he sent his only son to die for us so that we could be saved. The second part of my confirmation verse says that we should be called children of God. It is so special to me to know that I am a part of God's family. It gives me encouragement to know that my God is also my Father and loves me so much. Being a child of God also means I have his inheritance, everlasting life, salvation, and forgiveness through his son Jesus Christ. God has blessed me so tremendously throughout my life. He has given to me so many blessings that I can't count all of them. It's like trying to count how many strands of hair there are on my head. I just can't. There are so many. He has given to me a great family, friends, a church, a school, and so much more. He has also given to me the greatest blessing of all, forgiveness, everlasting life, and salvation.
8: Hello, my name is <coughs> My name is Jaden Hill. I was born on March of two thousand eight and was baptized two months later on May twenty fifth, two thousand eight, at Emmanuel Lutheran Chapel in Saint Louis, Missouri. My testimony is connected to my life first. Galatians the first chapter, the twenty third verse. He only heard the report The man who formerly persecuted us is now persecuting the faith he once destroyed. To me, this verse is about how Paul transformed his life to become a very important person in the Christian faith and shows me that God could use me in the same way he used Paul. Paul was the most important person in the New Testament after Jesus. Paul was formerly known as Saul and was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians. But in Galatians 1, 11 through 24, Paul writes about him being called to God. Galatians is a book about how Paul became a disciple of Jesus and taught the word after being known as a persecutor of the church. I picked this verse to remind me that Jesus can turn a Pharisee, a, perse- a persecutor toward the people who believed in him and who did not believe in him, and to one of the most important people in the New Testament and written over half of the books of the New Testament. If he could use a Pharisee who persecuted the believers and non-believers, he could use me in the same way. I thank him every day for all the blessings that he's given me in my life, a loving family, food to eat, clothes on my back, and a place to stay. The privilege to go to a private school and all the blessings he continues to give me.
9: Hello, I'm Joel Marriott and this is my story of faith. My faith began at a very young age when I was baptized. That little seed of faith was planted deep into my soul and I was washed of original sin. That day, my parents and sponsors took up the responsibility of bringing me up in the faith. They took the role very seriously and brought me up in the faith very well. I am very thankful to have grown up in a church and in a household where Christianity is a topic every day. And I learned all the complicated parts of Christianity as well as the base parts of the faith. My parents helped me knowing the reasons that we did everything in worship and why we did them. This led me to be communing at age five and to know how to share that I was a Christian publicly. I knew Jesus' love for us at a young age and was very comprehensive in the faith. I also grew up in a family that worked in the church and I knew all the pastors closely and thought of them as friends. I was talking with people high up in the faith who knew how God loved everyone and were called to share that love um, and God's message also helped me to be a very mature Christian at a young age. Then the seminary called and we moved away from Chicago and went down to St. Louis. Um, here in St. Louis, I met many professors and people who were um, in the same, um, and people who worked in the church and trained pastors to teach the word of God. Here I also met other people who are in the same place of Christianity as me and my faith began to blossom even more. Especially when I moved on campus and I had interaction with people my age who are equally as strong Christians as me every day. Around this time, I had started confirmation and this also helped me with my faith. On campus, I began coming up with my own opinions on topics of debate and I started to re- able, read the Bible a lot more than I had. I could talk with others about theology every day and learn what they thought of topics in the church. At the seminary, I also began to want to be a pastor. I wanted to share the love of God with other, others and bring people into the faith. I also wanted to be more open about my faith at school, and I began to openly say that I am a Christian, and not be uncomfortable when people brought up Christianity in school. I saw being a Christian more as my identity, more than just my religion, and I began to want to know everything about God and his word, and how he loves us, and how he loves the world, and his will for all creation. I feel very special to be be able to be my own Christian, and not just one for my family, but one for God, and one for me. I feel at home in the church, and I intend to continue living my life in the faith of my baptism, that I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus, his Son who died for us, and the Holy Spirit who works in me and through me, in the Holy Trinity, and in the Word of God.
3: Thanks to each and every one of you for sharing, and it really has been my privilege to be able to teach you over the last couple of years. I'm very proud of you, and uh, thankful for the time that we've had together. These are beautiful stories of faith, and the witness of God's work in your lives, and in this world. But what does it mean for us all now? What do we do next? Well, confirmands, I want to assure you that Your confirmation will continue to bring you courage, even in times of doubt. Your confirmation will bring you courage and comfort, even in times of doubt. I want you to do something. You just faced everybody here, so just turn around and look at them again. (laughs) Just look at them all. All of these who are surrounding you today have had doubts, even since their confirmation. Am I right? Sisters and brothers in Christ, you've had doubts. You've had difficult days. Friends, you will as well. There will be times in your future where your faith will feel shaky. Bad things, even tragic things, will happen. And in those times, the church will be right here with you. To confirm you in your faith, to hold you in your faith. Sisters and brothers in Christ, you've experienced that too, right? In those hard times, the church confirms you in your faith, holds you in your faith. All right, friends, turn and look at these people again. You're looking at sinners. People who have failed. Sisters and brothers in Christ, am I right? Yes? Yes. Hmm. Me too, right? Y'all are wearing white robes today, but it's not all pure. You'll continue to live in sin. You'll continue to fail. There'll be times that you might even feel unworthy of God's grace and forgiveness. Sisters and brothers, am I right? In those times, the church will be right here with you to confirm you in your faith, to hold you in your faith. That's why we come to church each week. We hear again the promises of God, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, and we're held in the faith. We're weekly and daily confirmed in the faith. That's why coming to church is a joy, not a burden. It's a blessing. It's a gift. God has initiated you into his kingdom and baptism, and the church continues to confirm you in that promise, always and forever. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God continues to pour out his spirit on all people. As Jesus said at his ascension, which we have recorded in Matthew 28, he says, Therefore go, do you guys know this with me? Yes, therefore go and do what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I will be with you always to the end of the age. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey. So what do we do? We go. And as we go, we make disciples by baptizing and teaching. That means, friends, unfortunately, confirmation isn't the end. It's the beginning. It's the continuation of your life in the church. You continue the process of going and making disciples and teaching people to obey. And it's true for all of us. We're not done. We continue to live as the church confirming faith in this world because Christ is risen. He is risen. Christ is still saving sinners, and Christ is still pouring out his Spirit on his people. And we as the church, we're still baptizing and teaching and confirming the work of God in faith. Praise and thanksgiving be to our God who has promised us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, Praise and thanksgiving be to our God who continues to sustain us through the promises of faith, through our gathering together, through the Lord's Supper, through confession and absolution. Praise be to our God whose kingdom comes and whose will is done even as we await the return of Christ at the fulfillment of all things. Praise be to our triune God for these precious children. Praise be to our God that day after day more and more people are baptized and confirmed in the one true faith. Praise be to God for his goodness and his grace. Amen.
10: blessing and honor and glory.
0: have been instructed in the Christian faith and desire to make public affirmation of their baptismal covenant, marking another step in their growth as Christian men and women. Dear friends, we rejoice that through our pastoral and educational ministry, you now desire to make public profession of your faith and assume greater responsibility in the life of our Christian community and for the mission of the church in the world. Beloved in the Lord, Our Lord Jesus Christ said to his Apostles, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said whoever confesses me before men I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts therefore to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of the Lord. Do you this day in the presence of God and of this congregation acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? Do you renounce the devil? Yes, I
2: renounce him.
0: Do you renounce all his works?
2: Yes, yes I renounce them.
0: Do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I renounce
2: them.
0: Do you believe in God, the Father almighty? Yes, I believe in God, the
2: Father almighty.
0: Yes, Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son our lord? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit?
7: Yes, I
2: believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Christian Church, the communion
0: of Saints. The of Christ, the of God, the of God. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired Word of God? I do. Do you confess the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from the scriptures, as you have learned to know it from the Small Catechism, to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and have absolved of your, been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Would our parents of the confirmation and Guardians please stand? Dear parents and guardians, at the baptism of these children, you promised to bring them up in the fear and the love of God and see to it that they were properly instructed in God's word so that they may understand and treasure the new life given to them in baptism. You promised also to set a Christian example for your children by worshiping and growing in faith in Christ yourselves. Confirmation is not the end of the need for growth and discipleship for your children, nor for you. You will need during these next years of their life to support and love them, and by your example, you continue to grow in the faith through regular use of word and sacrament. Will you as parents support your children's Christian growth by word and example? We will, with the help of God. Will the congregation please stand? Will you, as a congregation, seek in every way, by word and deed, Provide for these young Christians opportunities for continued growth in the knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ? And will you, by your example of faithful worship, loving service, and sacrificial giving, be to them an example of the Christian life? We will, with the help of God. The congregation may be seated. Give then, Confirmance, your hand as a pledge of your promise and kneel to receive the blessing. And as the confirmands come forward, I invite also parents, godparents, grandparents, loved ones to also come forward as we bless these these children here at the altar. David. David Jonathan Briley, from Daniel, chapter 6,
3: verse 22. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him.
0: David Jonathan Briley, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, Strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Camille Ray Cleveland.
3: From Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you are saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God.
0: Camille Ray Cleveland, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Reagan Gabriel Johnson.
3: From Philippians 3. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus.
0: Reagan Gabriel Johnson, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Ezekiel, David Lush,
3: From 1 John. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are.
0: Ezekiel, you are a child of God. Ezekiel, David Lush, the almighty God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth, water and the spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace. Amen. Tears <laughs> of <a> joy, Ziki. <laughs> Jaden Lawrence Little John Hill.
3: For Romans, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose.
0: Jaden, Lawrence, Little John Hill, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Joel Thomas Marriott
3: from the prophet Joel and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams your young men will see visions even on my servants both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days
0: Joel Thomas Marriott The almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Would all our confirmands please stand once again. Upon this, your profession and promise, I invite and welcome you as members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and of this congregation to share with us and all the gifts that our Lord has for his church and to live them out continually in his worship and service. Let us pray for the newly confirmed. We stand. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you for your great goodness in bringing these, your children, to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and enabling them both with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that bringing forth the fruits of faith, they may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Almighty and most merciful God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and keep you. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Praise be to you, risen Lord, we rejoice in your resurrection we're blessed by your life-healing word that touches our hearts and our minds. May we be sent forth by your blessing, boldly spreading your divine peace in this and every place. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Praise be to you, risen Lord, for you promised your Holy Spirit to enliven and encourage your church on earth. Make your presence known to our church as well as to our church body, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and strengthen missionaries of your gospel who are dedicated to proclaiming your word at home and abroad. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Praise be to you, risen Lord, for placing us in a nation where we can, in freedom, boldly confess the name of Jesus. Raise up courageous leaders for our nation who rejoice in the name of Christ. Grant them godly wisdom that they would not reject nor diminish the truth of the gospel. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. (laughs) Praise be to you, risen Lord, for you are our light, and in you we have complete joy. Yet many of your people know pain, sorrow, and uncertainty. Rejuvenate the lives of those who seek your healing for mind, body, or soul. We especially pray this day for Loretta Bellar, Donna Dansbury, and Ethel Pierce. Give to them and others who are infirm a special measure of your comfort, peace, and love. Lord, in your mercy, Amen. hear our prayer. Praise be to you, risen Lord, for all those committed to the spread of the gospel of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for those who have heard the call of holy ministry to serve as pastors, deaconesses, chaplains, missionaries, and other leaders. And today we pray especially for those students who this past week received calls and assignments into ministry through our church bodies, seminaries. Empower them, sustain them, bless them and their families. Be their inspiration and strength so that the work that they do in Jesus' name will touch the lives of many and will bring glory to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Praise be to you, risen Lord, for your special gifts of grace. We especially praise and thank you this day with Brandon and Tanisha Bowen, Upon the birth of a daughter, McKenna Marie, born this past Thursday, Lord, keep them in your love and care. And we join our confirmands, David, Camilla, Reagan, Ezekiel, Jaden, and Joel, in praise and thanksgiving as they make public public confession of their faith before you and before this congregation this morning. Continue to lead and to guide them as they grow in faith through the power of your Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Our Father, Father, who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy thy kingdom kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us us this day our daily bread, bread, and forgive us our trespasses, As we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
2: And also with you. you may be
0: Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. Risen Lord, present in body and bread and wine, may our reception of the sacrament of your body and blood be for us a strength and a shield. Our hearts leap for joy at the salvation and forgiveness that you have given to us. You are Lord forevermore. Amen. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together.